The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Here we are again, episode 66 of I Doubt It with Dollamore, episode 66. Can you believe that? One more six and we got a party. Yeah, we do. I am Jesse Dollamore and sitting across from me gracefully is Brittany Page. Here I am. I thought you were going to comment on my yawning. Well, I had to cover. Oh, okay. Talk into the mic. Mm-hmm enunciating my words right taking a lot of effort <laughs> to pronounce my words what else would you do by the way i have no idea should you slur your speech or uh, how are you supposed to speak while on the show are we going to talk about should we talk about this i feel like we're already talking about it yeah, so okay. well <laughs> we we got a new review on on uh, on itunes which I, we weren't planning on talking about this but so now i am frantically Going into iTunes to read the review. I have a picture of it. Oh, perfect. So how about I just read it? No, I want to put my flavor on it. You want to enunciate the words? Yeah. Okay. So, well, one, it's it's our first three-star. It's our lowest review. It's a three-star review, which... We got dinged. Well, technically, we really don't have anything to bitch about because it's... It's still a, you know, it's a three-star review. Oh, we're not bitching. We're not bitching at all. No, not complaining. Thank you for, for listening. For sure. Yeah, thanks. thank you for listening, and I guess we'll get to the jokes. Let me read the thing. We'll get to the jokes later. Um, three-star by Apartment 342. That is their screen name. Five minutes into my first episode, and I'm wondering why on earth Dollamore is talking like that if he claims to be a professional broadcaster. It's like you're going out of your way to pronounce every word. <laughs> Brittany sounds more normal. Yes. And then with the gratuitous cursing. Uh-oh. I'll keep listening, though, for Brittany's sake. <laughs> Ugh. Sorry, Brittany. You know, thank you for that. I really appreciate that sorry. Well, I, there's a couple things I want to say. One, this is how I talk. So I'm not going out of my way to do anything. Well, just now you were. Oh, well, yeah, I was doing it as a joke. Okay, yeah. This is my voice. Right. For those who who have known me for years, they know that I have been cursed with this stupid, wacky morning DJ voice. And if you think it's bad now, you should hear me right when I wake up in the morning. It's it's terrible. It is terrible. So for for your sake, listener, whoever you are, uh, I'm not putting anything on. I, I What I assume is that they haven't listened to anything. They just the very first episode they listened to, because if they go back through, they'll see that this is just it. And we've already addressed the cursing, so I'm not going to get into too much detail. Sean from Missouri made us address that. That's right. I thought we made it pretty clear in our album art. iTunes makes us say explicit. So our show is explicit and I'm someone who curses in my everyday language. Right. And I don't consider this show to be in mixed company because you have to come to me to find the show. It's not like you just flip on your TV and I'm fucking saying what I say. Right. So if 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 the language is a little salty for you, that's a bummer, but this is what what it is. I'm just talking like a talk, so But at but, least they have me. At least they have you and you know what? Thank you for listening. I'm not disparaging them. I think it's great. You're just giving a fair warning. Yeah. In case they weren't aware. That's right. Right. Uh, what I need to do is create some kind of a disclaimer at the at the opening of the show 
So to warn people of what's to come. Right. <laughs> I'm glad that I sound normal. That's good. Yeah. Well. Like it, a normal person. Well, it, you sound normal. Yeah. And once they, they see you and interact with you and they're like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so for our intro topic, well, we're just breaking down the walls and showing you how the sausage is made. I know. Wow. Um, for our intro topic, something happened to me this week that I wanted to address. It made Jesse D quite unhappy. Well, it just it just struck me as odd. Right. I didn't get offended by it. I'm bothered by it. We were in a grocery store that will remain unnamed because we talk about it too <laughs> goddamn much on the show. All right, we were in Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I think every Trader Joe's kind of has the same atmosphere. It's a weird group of people that shop there, and we shop there, so I can say that. Right. But I turned a corner and I had my Boise State hoodie or Boise State University hat. I think it was the hoodie. I think it was both. No, no. Okay. I, I never wear. I don't wear both. Oh, okay. On purpose because that's fucking, <laughs> apparently that's bizarre. Right. So I had it on. I'm, I think it's the hoodie, and I come around the corner and I get ambushed by this lady, and she gives me two big, bold, loud thumbs up and says, "Ooh." Boise State, yay. And it was loud. Yeah, so drawing attention to me. Right. And I'm in flip-flops and basketball shorts, not wanting to be there that late. But we had an emergency wine purchase to make, so we made our way to the Trader Joe's. Anyway, that notwithstanding, the lady makes a scene about the Boise State. I can understand that a lot of people here in Southern California, and Orange County specifically, have Boise or Idaho ties. So they're familiar with Boise State Broncos, the Blue Field, the, the football program. Right. And I, yeah, I say, yeah, you know, kind of awkward. I'm tired, whatever. And then she goes on to say, and this is what bothered me. Didn't offend me, but it bothered me. I thought it was fucking weird. Oh, and you're a redhead too. And keep in mind, I'm not doing this justice at how loud it was. It was loud. I was not next to you. I was further away from yeah, you. Yeah, you were quite a ways away. And I turned around to see what was going on, and then I just turned right back around, abandoning Jesse. <laughs> right. So she says, yeah, leaving me in the lurch. So she says... I'm like, who's that lonely Boise State redhead over there <laughs> getting yelled at? I don't know. Him. Oh, redhead too. I've got a redhead at home. And that's the part, and it didn't immediately bother me. I mean, it bothered me because she was turning me into a fucking spectacle. That bothered me. But later on the, on the drive home, what bothered me more was I started thinking about, I don't have any choice over being a redhead. And I've, I've long since abandoned any self-consciousness over it. It doesn't bother me anymore at all. I'm fucking redheaded. That's what it is. It's the way of the world. Right. But if I was an albino... If I had albinoism or albinism, how, how do you say it? I don't have yeah. the slightest clue. So if I was an albino and she was to say, oh, Boise State. Oh, an albino too. <laughs> I've got an albino at home. Ooh. That would be weird, would it not? Yeah, that would be very weird. Because it's out of my control that I have red hair. It's genetic. It's a recessive gene. <laughs> so it, it's, it's akin to, I think it, it is akin to, Someone announcing to the world in a store that I'm an albino. Yeah, and I mean, I th I think she was being nice. I don't think she was trying to be malicious. No, no, no. For sure she was. She was being very friendly. But she was just being kind of like a nosy turd. Well, <laughs> And that happens. You know, that happens. People wow. want to strike up conversation in the store. Well, and... I'm not, but I'm not averse to conversation. I'm not you. Okay. You are a keep your fucking head down. We're all here just to do our deal. Don't look at me, don't talk. <laughs> well, to we me. are. What are we there to do? Right, right. See, we're I'm there not... to have a good time and party on the Trader Joe's. You... No, I'm getting some groceries and I'm going home. Right. That's not me though. Taking I'm... care of biz, in other words. <laughs> okay, we get it. You're <laughs> we fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that way. I I love opportunities to meet people and talk. I'm I'm outgoing. Well, that woman wanted to be your best friend, so why didn't you leave Trader Joe's with a new best friend? I don't know. You had a great opportunity to meet some wonderful new people. I smelled serial killer or something. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, I'm not offended, and I'd kind of like to get the audience take on this. 
Yeah. Is, have is you it, ever been accosted in a store yeah. and had something about your personal appearance announced to the store? That would be interesting. Well, we were at another grocery store one time, and I had a Boise State hat on. This was pre-game one, just a few weeks ago, and it was Sprouts. And they were like, oh, Boise, you're from Boise. That happens all the time. I'm okay with that. It's right. nice mm -hmm. because it is kind of a taste of home. People are friendly. People are sociable. Yeah. People are more extroverted than they are here. Yeah. But it's just don't fucking announce my genetic code to the goddamn Trader Joe's. Not everybody has to know. Well, everybody knows already, I huh. think is also the point. Freckle face. I've got a freckle face at home. I know. <laughs> it was just bizarre. So anyway, listen, if you're, if, you're, if you're somewhere out in public and you see a redhead and you want to give him the secret redhead handshake, email me. I'll let, him, I'll let you know what it is. <laughs> but you don't need to announce it for the whole fucking world. That there's a redhead over here. Hey, guys. Ugh. I think that's a good lesson for everybody. Yeah. So a little bit of a follow-up story. Oh, it's a good one, everybody. And one more reason why I love TMZ. And I know that's weird to say. It is definitely weird to say, because, and I want to hear your explanation. Well, I've talked about it on the show before. You know, say what you will about t TMZ. They get scoops that other news outlets don't get. They, they get the Ray Rice tapes. They add, I mean, listen, it's it's a mixed bag because you're getting a lot of terrible shit when you when you <laughs> sign on to, to to be a fan. I'm not a fan, but, you know. You're getting things that actually matter with things that don't matter at, at all. all. Yeah, in fact, and that people shouldn't be paying attention to exactly at right. all. You're also, with the good, you're also getting bad. Things that detract from the health of our society. Right. But... They have done stellar work here. They have located audio tape that I presume was taken by the Anchorage Police Department. Right. During the snowmobile party. During the snowmobile party. With the Palins. With what almost was the vice presidential family of these United States of America. Are you? That, to me, is what's striking. I'll tell you what. I'm going to play the audio but I want you to do something, audience. I want you to do something while I play this. Be half-assed. I want you to listen in the background while Bristol Palin is acting like a drunken hillbilly. Because you can hear Sarah Palin rambling and cackling in her word salad bullshit way of speaking to a cop in the background. And I would also just like to make another quick note that if you have a problem with cussing, this would be a good time to skip forward about 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. Here we go. Yeah, this the words that I hesitate to utter on the show get uttered. Let me get Bristol's side. Came up too. Bristol, tell me what happened. Come loaded me and said some old lady just fucking pushed me. She just hit me. Okay. Oh, fucking hell no. No one's going to touch my sister. Where was this at? So we were in the limo. I walked back up. Did you push my sister? And some guy gets in my face, pushes me down on the grass, drives me across the grass. You slut, you fucking cunt, you fucking this, you fucking get. I get back up. He pushes me down on the grass again and pulls me by my fucking feet. sister came down, got you from the limo that was parked right here. Yeah. You went back up to the house. I was closer to the house, yeah. Okay. And when you got up there, you approached the 60-year-old... I don't know how old she was. Okay. Some An lady with lady. gray hair okay. who wants to push my little four, my 20-year-old sister. Okay. I'm going to defend my sister. And then She's a guy 20 came out of nowhere and pushed a you A guy comes ground. out of nowhere and pushes me on the ground, takes me by my feet, in my dress, in my thong dress, in front of everybody. Come on, you cunt. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, you slut. Get the fuck here i don't know this guy i've never seen this guy in my life okay yikes well i got a, a lot of questions this doesn't resolve anything for me well what's what's most confusing to me what stands out the most to me first of all the point you made about this almost being the, the oh, vice I, president I, we're gonna get to that i mean that was yeah that made me cringe but talking about the video when she says that a woman, an old woman, pushed her 20-year-old sister and she needs to go protect her sister, 
her sister's an adult. Right. An old woman pushed her. She can deal with the situation herself. It her, doesn't need her, to be escalated to violence. Her sister has been an adult legally for years. <laughs> right. It's like she almost said she was 14. Right. She almost exactly. caught herself. Yeah, yeah. She's not a kid anymore. An old woman pushed her. Go deal with it. You don't need to go attack an old woman. That's almost what sounds like what happened. Yeah. She went to go approach this old woman, and then some man came over and said, hey, don't hurt this old woman. And may have said some right. bad things, but... Well, listen, the guy... Listen, I'm not saying either way. I want everybody to know. I'm not saying Bristol Palin was acting like a cunt. But what I am saying is that maybe that guy was a truth teller. Maybe he's just a he's just a calling it like it is kind of guy. We weren't there. I also wish that... We could just have honesty from people like this. You know, you are who you are. Yeah. And then they have to put him up on this pedestal when she's running for president and act yeah. like she's this this great, profound character and she's overcome so many obstacles. No, she's just like any other kid her age. Right. She's not Fr a kid. but From the backwoods. Yeah. And also... What's a thong dress? I have no idea what a thong dress is. Is, is that a newfangled <laughs> type of clothing? Maybe Alaska fashion is just light years ahead of the rest of the world. I have never heard the phrase thong dress. <laughs> if you have, please let us know what it is. I don't know what it is. Goddamn. It sounds not good to be wearing in a situation like that. Back to my point, though, and I want everybody to, to really think about this. That fucking train wreck was almost literally a heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States. John McCain is an old fucking guy. He's still alive, thankfully. That's great. But he's an old, he would have been our oldest elected president. Older than Ronald Reagan was when, at the time, he was the oldest. So right. he... He has not always been in good health. He has melanoma issues that he's always dealing with. Well, you're trying to make the point he could have died. He could have died. And she could have been president. And she would have been president. This would have been the first family of this wonderful country in which we live. And... That is a scary and disgusting thought. It's terrifying. And not only that, I mean, you're saying he's not dead now. Well, the stress of the presidency could have, you know, put his health in a different position, and he, that might have been something that happened. Right. Well, we see when presidents go into office and they don't have gray hair, and then very shortly they have gray hair. When you go in and you already have gray hair... It's not looking good. Right. <laughs> Barack Obama looked great before his presidency, oh, yeah. and he looks terrible now. Yeah, I mean, the color of his face has changed. And he was a chain smoker when he went in, and he quit smoking, <laughs> and it didn't do him any good. It was worse. Uh, anyway, I'm very thankful to the little baby Jesus that the Palins are no longer a reputable political force relative to getting office. And I mean, this really isn't shocking when you see Sarah Palin on TV and she's talking about the bears and... Right, grizzly mamas and She's all the... just ridiculous. Look, they took a limo to a snowmobile rally. They took a limousine to what is the, what is the winter equivalent of a, a hill climb with, like, dune buggies and shit. And I would just like to remind everyone that Bristol Palin was crying, but she punched a man in the face six times. Yes. So you have that. You do have that. All right. We're not going to belabor that anymore. If you do have something to say about it, and I'm sure you do. Like what the hell a thong dress is. Yeah. If you know what a thong dress is, let us know. 657-464-7609. Leave a less than three minute voicemail or text. That is where you do it. Moving on to a listener submission. Brett number two. <laughs> and I only say Brett number two because that is how he signed his email. That was great. <laughs> Loved that. Brett number two from Boston sent us uh, a link to a clip of he, he was lamenting. I don't know if he was bummed about it or entertained by the fact that living in Boston, they get a lot of New Hampshire political ads. And New Hampshire is unlike just about any state in the union. It's very independent very there's a different kind of tone in the politics of new hampshire hmm. so he sent this ad and he found it funny and it will lead us to uh some other points so this is a a republican congressional or or it, it's either senate 
or 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 Congress for the state of New Hampshire. Your next word is Shaheen. May I have a definition, please? Shaheen, a Washington liberal out of touch with New Hampshire, voted for the Obama agenda 99%. May I hear it in a sentence? Jean Shaheen was the deciding vote for Obamacare. Shaheen, O-B-A-M-A. Close enough. American Crossroads is responsible for the content of this advertising. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny. I think it's funny. It's very funny, and it's very clever. Yeah, yeah. I it's very creative. I think that's a great ad. Well, I mean, it's not good, but it's you know a good point. I mean, not a good point. It's right. It's well constructed. It's well, interesting. Here's a mashup. That's kind of a tone right now running through congressional and senatorial ads. I'm not Barack Obama. I disagree with him on guns, coal, and the EPA. I oppose President Obama's gun control legislation. The administration's policies are simply wrong. He took on Obama to get drilling in the Arctic, and he voted against Obama's trillion-dollar tax increase. She blew the whistle on the disastrous health care website, calling it stunning ineptitude. I'll make sure President Obama gets the message. So what's great about those, though, is the first ad from Brett number two. And by the way, thank you, Brett number two. Uh, the first ad was a Republican ad. So you would expect them to be shitting on Obama. That last little mashup, those are all Democrats who are running for office. Wow. Who are radically distancing themselves from the president of the United States, the current sitting president, their leader. Yeah. Well, That's they want to get elected. It just lets you know just how terribly he's doing. And, and if not uh, literally how how terrible he's doing, what the, the sentiment is, that his, his approval rating right now is in the 30s. Very, very low. Oh, I thought that was high. <laughs> no, not the disapproval ratings. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, which this is a, it's a perfect segue. It leads us straight into... Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Apparently, and by the way, goddamn, I love that music. Apparently, Michelle Bachman has received credible enough threats from ISIL, the terrorist group. She has received credible enough threats from them that, that she has been assigned a capital police security detail round the clock. Right. An online threat against Bachman emerged recently, according to multiple law enforcement officials familiar with the situation. And last week she was she was provided a security detail. The Capitol Police have given the Minnesota Republican her own security detail. Which isn't normal. Uh, just random normal congressmen who aren't in leadership positions don't get that kind of security. Yeah, so the police security will continue until Bachman retires at the end of this Congress and is no longer in office. Yeah. So they're going to be protecting her until she's done. And a Which police... Which is going to lead right into the presidential election. Right, so then she'll continue to need them because she's planning on running. Well, every candidate doesn't get a, a security detail from the Secret Service. It's not until you get the nomination of your party and you're in the general election do you get Secret Service protection. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that since she's still going to have the threat right. and still be involved in the political realm, they're yeah. saying her security will stop when she's no longer in the political realm. Like, oh, your job's over. You'll probably still get killed, but we're done protecting you. Well, if she's, does, she's not an employee of the Congress, she's not going to have congressional employees paid to protect her. She's going to have to hire person. I'm sure Bachman, uh, Marcus Bachman, has some some rough and tumble guys he knows that could could uh, you know follow her around and help her out with staying safe. Yeah, the the male strippers that dressed as cops don't count. <laughs> he seems like a guy who likes bears, mm, so you mm -hmm. know they're 
Big, burly, tough guys. A police detail of this type typically means 24-hour protection when a member of Congress is on Capitol Hill or back in the home district. And officials declined to outline the specific nature of the threat, which makes sense, obviously. Right, right. Because there may be copycats or something. It's just weird. Why is she a target of those assholes? Why her? She's, She's... Almost as much of a joke as Sarah Palin. It's just weird. Well, she's been openly critical of ISIL and Islam. Yeah, I guess. It's it just, one, if it wouldn't be much of a loss. The nation wouldn't mourn <laughs> losing Michelle Bachman. I almost said Obama. Some people would. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as a nation, it wouldn't. I mean, it would be a bummer. We lost a congressman, but, eh, you know. There would be less hate. The quotient of sorrow in the world would be far less. Yeah, because Michelle, because she would be gone, and then you would hate. You wouldn't have to hate her anymore. Well, yeah. Let's say. Let's go with that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's, go, let's go with that. <laughs> so we're going to introduce a fun new game that we found on Daily Dot Dot Com. That is, who said it? Duck Dynasty or ISIL? Right, and it's Duck Dynasty star Phil Robertson or a member of ISIL. Oh, okay. Right, so here we go. Uh, I'm ex- very excited. And by the way, just so the audience knows, I have not, I had to actually just stop and ask Brittany <laughs> from what website, because I haven't read this. I have no idea of these answers. I'm playing along just like you. It's kind of like when we played Deepak Chopra or randomly generated inspirational comments. Right. So here we go. Who said it? Duck Dynasty or ISIL? Here's the first one. Here is a news flash for America. Fame cannot remove your sin, and all of the money you ever amass cannot raise you from the dead. Phil Robertson. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. I, I did a little pause so that people could answer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, should I pause too? Well, no, you don't have to because okay. I can pause. Okay. Here is the second one. So far, this doesn't seem that difficult. So far. Victory is on our side because there is a difference between us and you. We are fighting for a noble cause. ISIL. Right. Again, this seems not that hard. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs> and I got to pause. God damn. I got to pause. Okay. Sexual sins are numerous and many. Phil Robertson. Yes. Are they just going back and forth? No. Oh, okay. They're not. Okay, here's the next one. I never leave home without my religious book and my woman. Phil Robertson. I know, because we already know that one. Well, we heard him say it on Hannity's show. This game's terrible. Okay, (laughs) here's the next one. We are fighting for God, and you are fighting for worldly gain. That's tough. Phil Robertson. That is ISIL. Really? Yes. That That really could go either way. It could, yeah. I see that. Okay, here's the next one. Two groups of people, the children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. It's Phil Robertson. Yeah. I know it because I've heard him say that. Oh, really? Because he always refers to the devil as the evil one. Oh, He's okay. a fucking kook. Well, I should have changed the quote. Well, then it was not the same game. Okay, here's the next one. <laughs> Do you expect to transgress against others and yet be spared retribution? Well, that could be either one. That really could. Uh, ISIL. Yes, you are correct. I'm I'm doing really good at this game. Way better than I did at the Deepak Chopra game. If they refuse to convert, there is nothing for them but death. ISIL. Yes, but he did say something that was a variation of that. He said convert them or kill them. Right. Yeah. If you simply put your faith in God, yours and mine and everyone else's problems will be solved. And the next time we see you, we will say, you are now a brother, our brother. So then we look at you totally different then. Phil Robertson. Yes. Really? Yeah. I know this game kind of sucks. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Well, I mean, there are some that they could go either way, but I'm just... I'm too fucking good at it, so it's not very funny. Okay, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. Soon, by God's permission, a day will come when the member of a certain religious group will walk everywhere as a master. 
That's got to be ISIL just because it's so fucking awkwardly worded. It is ISIL. Man, I'm a winner at this game. I wish there was a cash prize. I I think the game is just too easy. <laughs> no, because a couple of those, I just maybe it's just I know Pat, uh, Pat Phil Robertson too well. I know it, that's the other problem, and maybe everyone who has heard us talk about him so much was guessing all his quotes too. Yeah. Although I didn't know he calls the devil the evil one. That's very odd. I well, I haven't listened extensively to his his sermons, but he definitely talks about the evil one. Is he a pastor? Like that's his role? No, but he's like a, a guest speaker. Oh right. That's where he talked about getting the girls when they're 14 years old because they'll pluck your ducks and not give you any lip. Right. That, that was in a church. <laughs> That's a great church message. Yeah, that was, that was standing behind the pulpit giving the message that you should get your wife early at 14 so she'll do what you say. Yikes. <laughs> oh, wow. I for sure would not have done what people said at 14, so that's not a good idea. Yeah. You could go all the way back to four, and I was still not doing what people were telling me to do. So that doesn't work for everybody there, guy. And it continues today. <laughs> so there's a new movie that's being filmed starring Julianne Moore and Ellen Page. And it has, this movie set has been shut down because they no longer have permission to film in the Catholic school they were going to film the movie because of the subject matter in the film. Yeah, the film is called Free Held, and it is about a lesbian couple, Ellen Page and Julianne Moore. Oh, my God. It sounds scary. Right. And Terrible. They, they went to a Catholic boys' school, and they wanted to get permission to film something there, because apparently this is based on a real documentary, and it's factually based on something that actually happened. So they wanted to film at this school. And it's Salation High School. Mm-hmm. In New Rochelle, New York. Okay. And the location manager described the plot of the civil rights drama to school staffers. And those staffers allowed them to shoot still photos of the building. And then in the scene that's kind of in question here, Moore's character, a New Jersey police detective with terminal cancer, applies for a domestic partnership with her partner, Ellen Page, in order to pass on her pension legally after her death. And... The school was to stand in for the town hall of Ocean County, New Jersey. That's why they were using the school. Right. And they turned them down because of that subject matter. That so, scene that they wanted to film with the domestic partnership was a no-go at the school. So it wasn't even that they were promoting, they were shitting on the Catholic Church or anything. It was just, sorry, we're Catholic and we can't have anything to do with the subject matter that is actually happening in real life. We need to bury our heads in the sand. Right. And it's kind of unfortunate because especially the scene that they described, it's a real important situation for why gay and lesbian couples need right. the right to marry because this kind of thing happens right. where it's one real. partner is dying. They live together. They have a relationship together, just like a married heterosexual couple and one of them's dying and mm -hmm. wants to legally be able to pass on their pension when they're dead to their partner. Right. But no, you can't film that there. And they didn't need it because it was a church or affiliated with the Catholic Church. They needed the building for the architecture. Right. That's why they needed the building. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the church. Which is, listen, I, I know I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. So just fucking plug your ears. The Pope is very good at PR. But that's all, because if if the Pope is the living embodiment of Christ on earth, he's the vicar of Christ, and he intimates that we are going to, we're going to play with this gay issue with kid gloves from now on. We're going to be a little bit more accommodating, loving, inclusive, accepting, forgiving, more human toward gays than that those are the marching orders. Why is the rest of the church not jumping? Why is the rest of the the organization of the church not jumping on board? It's because there's two different messages going out. There's one for the public relations, and there's one that are actually going that is actually changing policy. Right. Because no changes are being made. No, he's the, just saying things. The only change that is being made is that 
that recent poll, 80, what was it, 85% of youth, young Catholics support gay and lesbians. Right, ages 18 to 29, 85% of self-identified Catholics yeah. believe that gays and lesbians should be accepted by society. And this is a 2014 survey. That's, that's, this, is, this is a massive problem for the Catholic Church. Right. And then also 75% of those young Catholics are also in support of legalizing same-sex marriage. 75%. Yeah. So it's a huge problem because if they don't get with the times here... That's the future of the Catholic Church. Exactly. That's and, the future. Yeah. You, those are your members. They're going to be gone. It's, it's bad news. It's bad news for the Catholic Church. And I think, I think this Pope sees the writing on the wall... And he is trying to slowly do something about it. But it probably won't be him. It'll be his predecessor if they happen to elect because the Pope is elected. Ugh, fucking weird. Um, anyway, I think it's a very interesting topic and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. What do you think? 657-464-7609. That's the number. Give us a call. Voicemail, text. Let us know what you think. Listen, dollamore.com, up in the top right-hand corner, there's a support the show link where you can support the show one of two ways other than listening loyally. One is amazon.com. There's a search bar there. If you want to buy a book or get a really great head start on your Christmas shopping, that's where you do it. We get a little bit from your purchase. You're not going to spend any more money. And if you're going to spend your money anyway, that's a great way to support the show. And we appreciate every single purchase. And there have been many. The other way is patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. And there's a link to it also on that page. Um, that's kind of like Kickstarter, except it's just whatever loose change that you can commit to per episode. And you can set a monthly maximum. It's really an awesome thing. That would also be a, 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 a grand help and assistance to us. And we appreciate every little bit that we get. We love you. So a couple days ago on Facebook, uh, a buddy of mine who is from Boise as well, doesn't live there anymore, but uh, a buddy of mine I've known for years, he shared a story about a guy in Bakersfield, California. Nice. Which is... I think the entire portion of Bakersfield proper is one giant trailer park. Right. Uh, and he shared a story about a guy who got denied a job. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. I tell you what, I've got a clip. We'll just play that. A man is left confused and frustrated after he feels he was denied a job based on his tattoo. Eyewitness News reporter Adam Herbitz has been following this story and joins us now with more. Adam. Yeah, Kurt Kendall, Billy Roach reached out to us because he thinks he was a victim of discrimination and was treated unfairly. He says the tattoos aren't gang-related and shouldn't be an issue. Billy Roach is proud of his tattoos. All of them mean something to him. My right arm is nothing but music, uh, you know, songs. Some mean more than others. He has the lip prints of his wife on his neck, plus a tribute to his firstborn son. So my neck is the footprint when he was born, his name and his birth date. But now those tattoos mean something else entirely. Difficulty in finding a job. He recently applied for a position in the medical industry. And even though he passed the test, he didn't get called back for a first interview. She said, no, the only reason we're not hiring you is because of your tattoos. Eyewitness News isn't naming the company because they didn't break any laws. But we did reach out to them. They said they can't comment because it's, quote, a personnel matter. That we know that every action or every choice has a consequence. Holly Colhane of PAS Associates says it's a problem employees have all the time, but there's a difference between legal and illegal discrimination. Certain areas that you cannot discriminate based on, right? So we're talking about race, color, religion, sex, national origin as examples of those. That's why she says employers should make their practices clear. So they might want to ask the question up front, um, or they might want to just ask for the policy. But Billy says that's exactly what he did and was told by a manager that it wouldn't be a problem. Pull myself up and I showed them I had tattoos. I wanted to be up front because avoid wasting my time as well as theirs. He encouraged me to take a test and said, you know, don't worry about it. He says he's never had a problem with his tattoos before, is well qualified and deserves a shot. And he wouldn't have been upset if they told him up front. 
Instead, he had to take a day off work and now feels like his time and money were wasted. I have a family member that's sick or dying. I don't care if the person's got tattoos. If they're there to help my family member and how to save their life, I think the last thing going through someone's mind when they're going through emergency is that I have tattoos. I'm sure they're more concerned about help my loved one. Billy now says he's writing a letter to Congress to fight to make tattoo discrimination illegal unless they're hateful or gang-related. Reporting in studio, Adam Herbetz, Eyewitness News. Kurt, thank <laughs> Well, first of all, I wonder if Bakersfield High School is the one who produced that piece because it was poorly fucking put together. God, I dream about having that quality of show. I was going to make a comment about that guy's voice while he was talking. Yeah, I think he has a hunger for the mics. Goddamn. Anyway, <laughs> joining us on the phone is my good buddy Haas, who happens to be very strongly opinionated on this topic. And to set the stage and paint a picture, since we are on, this is just audio, Haas is a walking talking, living, fucking coloring book. Haas is about the most tattooed person that I know, and I know very, very many. He's been in uh, in the rock and roll business for a long time, and he, he's, he, certainly, uh, he certainly dresses the part. So welcome to the show, Haas. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, so when you posted this, it, it certainly struck a chord with me because you and I share a lot of the same friends, and a lot of those same friends are like you, um, yeah. majority covered in in artwork. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yep. you you had a a unique approach and opinion about and goddamn we couldn't have cre created a better name for this kid, Billy Roach. You <laughs> you you had an, a unique take on it. Why don't you share that with us? Well, the thing that really bothered me was, you know, years and years ago, when I started getting tattooed, it was before all the TV shows about tattoos and Dave Navarro and and all these idiots that, that think that they're these wonderful tattoo artists, you know, making it, making it their business and making artwork. And when I started getting tattooed, having tattoos meant don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not part of your society. And then when I go to the grocery store nowadays and I have some child coming up to me and, and this, this actually happened. A, a kid wanted to touch my arm. Wow. Because of tattoos. And he looked back at his mom and she just said, it's okay. You can touch him. Wow. Wow. That's when crazy. The, when the fuck did this happen? <laughs> Well, and, and and don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all for I'm all for you know more liberal views on hiring people with tattoos. If that's going to be a company standpoint, awesome, great. I'm I'm more than happy about it. But this this culture of of you know acceptance is is kind of sometimes going in the wrong direction. You know, uh, if somebody wants to stop me and and ask about the tattoos that I have. I'm more. I'm usually more than happy to talk about them. You know, I spend money on them, and it's it's a roadmap of my life, if you will. Yeah. But I, I just don't understand when everything got completely shifted. But that being said, what really bothered me about this guy is when you pass the sacred lines of the cuffs and the collars of a shirt. Yeah. When you wear a long sleeve shirt and you can no longer cover all the tattoos that you have, you get a stigma of, of being of a certain type of person. When I first got my knuckles tattooed, I had a guy come up to me and ask me when I got out. Wow. And I said, I said got out of what? <laughs> he said, out of, the, out, of the, out of the clink. And I was like, dude, I've never been in jail. I don't even, oh, Oh yeah, so that's what that used to mean. When you had right. tattoos on your knuckles, you you were a criminal, you know. And that's what's interesting <laughs> about this guy is he's saying, "Well, these tattoos are meaningful." Well, no one else cares really because they're on your neck, no. and that looks bad to an employer. And even if they're a baby's footprints, okay, that's very meaningful to you, but to other people, it just says this guy has a tattoo on his neck. 
Well, it's you're listen, absolutely right to a degree, and this isn't going to be a popular opinion, but you know, fuck, that's that's what I do here. Um, it, it it does lend itself to somewhat of decision making, and like yeah. he, like he says, I'm if I'm in the medical industry and I'm saving someone's life, let me tell you something. If I'm getting ready to have a surgery, and the anesthesiologist comes in and he's got a, a, a set of lip prints, those trashy weirdo fucking lip prints on his goddamn neck, or the 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 prison style tattoos that this guy has, because none of them were quality. <laughs> no, no. If that... Like I said in, in my in my Facebook post, this guy paid money. I hope not much. Right. But he paid money to sit in a chair and made the decision to have these done. Well, if a guy, if that guy comes in to put me under, you know, prejudiced or not, um, justified or not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have reservations. I'm not gonna freak out and panic, but I'm gonna think, fuck, I, I wonder if this guy is legit or the real deal. It's just a natural instinct, and because of that, whether it's irrational or not, but because of that fear. I think it's okay that that a business says no. We don't want you to represent us to our customers. And I, you know, being a heavily tattooed person, I could not agree with you more. It's, but it, uh, by the same token, that for me, that goes in all aspects. I'm not okay with anyone telling a business owner what they can and can't do for any reason. Anything. Right. Uh, you know, and that's. Well, you can look at my Facebook page and see some other things that sure. I put up that weren't, well, weren't quite as popular as this subject. <laughs> the, the other, the other thing that I that struck me as well, it, it lends itself to this guy's intelligence. But he says he's he's going to go to Congress or write his congressman to pass an an anti tattoo uh, discrimination law. And listen, first things first, buddy, because gays aren't even federally protected. <laughs> Right now, right. we're gonna we're gonna skip we're gonna skip the gays and go straight to the to, to the tattooed. Yeah, and didn't he say yeah. it was like hateful tattoos and something else? Gang gang related and hate speech. Because what is I no. mean that could that could mean different things to different people. I'm sure that to white supremacists, their tattoos are very meaningful and not representative of hate to right. them. It's still free speech. So interesting. And that's and that's and that's exactly the point, you know. I mean, I don't have any tattoos that are gang related, but they could be. You just might not know it. That's you right. Know, I have I have Elvis's TCB tattooed on my hand. That means taking care of biz. Thank you guys. <laughs> wow, nice. Uh, but but uh, you know that could mean something completely different. You know, and do you know what I mean? So what constitutes a hateful or gang related? Right. Yeah. You know, I have I have a I have a, a cross crossed out tattooed on my leg well that's a band logo that's a bad religion band logo right and when i lived in when i lived in boise idaho amongst you guys oh you would not believe the bullshit i got walking down the street wearing a pair of shorts it's i would say this that you probably got away with it a lot better than someone half your size who would be at that point who would be that point a normal sized person because you're you like me are a big dude and you're you're formidable and you've got a beard and you're, you know, now that's another thing that's super common and people right. fucking talk to you about at Beards. the goddamn grocery store. But, uh, it's sweet beard, bro. Yeah. We're going down fucking hill. I don't know what's happening, but, but the other thing, here's the other thing about this story that really doesn't relate to the tattoo so much, but is nothing going on in Bakersfield that, this all this guy has to do is call his local uh, his local TV station, and they fucking jump to action and drive the news van down there and set up a remote. And goddamn, Jesse, when was the last time you were in Bakersfield? I don't know that I've ever been. It does does uh does the five go through Bakersfield? I don't know, but let's just say meth production was probably low for the day. So right, right. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm it's it's odd. I I do want the audience to sound off about this and I feel like there's probably going to be a pretty mixed response. If you have something well, if you have something you'd like to say 657-464-7609 call and leave a less than 3 minute voicemail or you can text that number to as always there's the Facebook page because I'm sure Haas there are many who disagree with you. 
Oh, I'm sure there are. And that's, that's if I may, just one more thing. Yeah. That, that's what actually got me so riled up about this, was reading the comments on the news station's post about it with so many morons <laughs> chiming in that this was, this was akin to racism and, and prejudice against gays and, and whatnot. Fuck right. off. Are well, you kidding me? You don't choose to have your black skin. You don't choose to, to be homosexual. You choose to sit in a chair and have someone draw on you permanently. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, this has been good. I, I really appreciate the, uh, the back and forth and your unique perspective. I don't think it's so unique. It just the fact that you have a lot of tattoos makes your perspective unique. Right. I want everybody to know um, Haas hosts a, a a weekly a weekly radio show online at doubledownradio.com. It's called Uncle Hossie's Power Hour. That sounds like a great time. I think we might just hijack your fucking name and start <laughs> calling this show Uncle Hossie's Power Hour. Um, and then you're also you have a band that I think it's, isn't it your band that you? Uh, no, it's a it's a collective. It's a collective we. Oh, okay. Well, you are in a collective we band uh, called Franks and Deans. That's like Frank and Dean. Franks and Deans, and every every first Wednesday at the Double Down Saloon in Las Vegas, Nevada, you can go and witness greatness. So we uh, we appreciate you stopping by and sharing with us. Your, your mind. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. That went well. Yeah, that was awesome. He's uh, he's a unique. Listen, <laughs> I've got a lot of friends all over the country, and most of my my best friends are are in Boise and and are from Boise anyway. And uh, he's a very unique character, super super talented, and uh, I'm I'm lucky to to call him my friend. And he's seriously fucking covered in goddamn tattoos. We believe you. He's got a giant tattoo of a sandwich on his leg. That's impressive. And it looks like a delicious fucking sandwich, too. <laughs> seriously. It's awesome. Does it have, like, roast beef on it? What kind of sandwich is I it? I don't know, but it's... Bacon? A, there might be bacon. There's oh, a lot going on. That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that. I'll have to have him send a picture, and we'll maybe put it on the Facebook page if he's if he's cool. <laughs> So moving on to a subject that's really close to my heart, and I'm sure you're going to be just as moved by it as me. Kirk Cameron is a moron, everybody. <laughs> yeah, newsflash, we didn't know. But he's going on about Halloween, because it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Just like Pat Robertson last week was talking about Halloween. Sorry, sorry, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, well, yeah, sorry. And... Kirk Cameron did an interview that was published by the Christian Post on Monday, and he explained that the real origins of Halloween had to do with the Catholic Church tradition of remembering the dead before All Saints Day. Yeah. He said, quote, when you go out on Halloween and see all people dressed in costumes and see someone in a great big bobblehead Obama costume with great big ears and an Obama face. And a big Obama face. <laughs> are they honoring him or are they poking fun at him? They're poking fun at him. Cameron observed that mocking President Barack Obama with a Halloween mask was similar to when Christians would dress up in costumes as the devil, ghosts, goblins, and witches, precisely to make the point that those things were defeated and overthrown by the resurrected Jesus Christ. Any way to twist it, Kirk. Any way to twist it. He said the costumes poke fun at the fact that the devil and other evils were publicly humiliated by Christ at his resurrection. That's what the scriptures say, that he publicly humiliated the devil when he triumphed over power and principality and put them under his feet. <laughs> Seriously, Kirk Cameron, and for I'm sure everybody knows, he starred in uh, uh, Family, he starred in Growing Pains with Alan Thick, and his sister is Candace Cameron Burr. She was in Full House. Right. She was DJ in Full House. DJ. And uh, they're both nutter Christians. They are both twisting, 
the words in the Bible to fit whatever little motivation they have. And it's weird. And he's, you know, I know I said this to you earlier this week, but I think it would it would be remiss of me not to mention it to the audience. We have been talking about what to go as for Halloween for quite a while. And I made a comment to Brittany that I really wish they sold Kirk Cameron masks so we could both go as morons. Right, but he's not famous enough for that. <laughs> no one cares about him. We could have big Kirk Cameron ears and a big stupid Kirk Cameron face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a little much about him saying that about uh, Obama. But he went on to talk about that the pagans tried to claim the Christian holiday, Halloween, for themselves. Right. Sure. And he said, over time, you get some pagans who want to go, this is our day, high holy day of the, sat- of the satanic church. That is all about death. But Christians have always known since the first century that death was defeated, that the grave was overwhelmed, that ghosts, goblins, devils are foolish has-beens who have, who used to be in power, but not anymore. That's the perspective Christians should have. Yeah. Goddamn. What's great about that is the fact that Halloween dates back, I think it predates even the Druids who were around in the first century BC, BCE, or the third century BCE. They, they've been around a long fucking time. They predate Christian. So Halloween is a, is a holiday that isn't a Christian holiday. Yeah, in this article, it talks about how historians universally recognize Halloween's origins as dating back to the Celtic festival Samhain. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's probably Gaelic, and it's hard. to Those words are weird. In which the ghosts of the dead were said to return to Earth for one night. It wasn't until 600 years later that Pope Boniface... Yeah, who knows? All those old-fashioned words. <laughs> ...incorporated the pagan festival into the tradition of All Martyrs Day, and historians believe that the church created the All Saints Day celebration 400 years later in an attempt to replace the festival of Samhain. So he has a little bit of his history mixed up, it looks Just like. chill. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Damn, Kirk Cameron. So, moving along, Pew Research... We love us some Pew Research. They just released a study about the most trusted and, by virtue of that, distrusted news outlets. Right. This was really interesting to me. It was interesting. Some of it was not surprising. Right. But then some of it was very surprising. And they give those limitations to their research, too. So we'll give the top five most distrusted first. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh. Number one, Rush Limbaugh. 39% distrust him. Fox News. 37% distrust them. Okay. The Glenn Beck Program. No surprise. 24%. MSNBC. 22%. Again, not really surprising. Only 22, though. that, That number really should be closer to Fox News. Right. And then the Sean Hannity show at 21%. Only 21%. Right. That is disappointing. Right. So they also do never heard of. So they give a percentage of people that have never heard of these news sources. And then how many people get their news from these sources. And then how many people trust these news sources. So let's let's also do the bottom of the list. Because I thought that was interesting. That Of most distrusted or... Yeah, I thought that... For, for the least distrusted. The least distrusted, right. Okay, so the least distrusted is Think Progress. That is weird to me because that is a that is a that is an agenda-driven liberal news outlet, which they're the ones that write the headlines that don't have anything to do with actually what was said or conveyed in the article. Right. When yeah. someone shares an article from Think Progress, I go try to find it from another news source so because do I. I don't feel comfortable sharing that until I'm sure that it's actually a real thing. Right. That's just how I feel about that. But they do have an asterisk next to Think Progress, and that is because the sample size of those who used this or even knew about Think Progress was Mm -hmm. too small for them to really accurately depict. Well, that's good. I'm glad that they, they... They're listing the limitations of the, of the, the polling. Right. And then the second least trusted 
Am I saying that no, right? No, no. It's the second most, the, the second least distrusted. Right. Second least distrusted <laughs> is The Economist. I would I would go along with that. But I thought, where's Daily Co's? That's third. Oh, third. Right. That it, was another weird one because that's like, that's a liberal, crazy liberal blog just like Think Progress. I had never heard of it. Or Mediaite. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Or Right Wing Watch. It's all the same. Did huh. you hear me say I've never heard of it? It's a joke. <laughs> um, that one also had the same limitations that Think Progress did. A right. smaller sample yeah. size. So then in fourth place, you have Slate. And in fifth place, you have The Blaze. So that's kind of interesting because The Blaze is Glenn Beck's website. Yeah. Well, it would have the same limitation, I bet, that Daily Co's Think Progress. It It's not marked for that. Mm, that's weird. Huh. But they they heavily distrust Glenn Beck's program. He's in third for distrust. Yeah, him. But then they like the Blaze, which is his. I would, I would, uh, I've never checked it out, but I it makes me want to go check it out and see what kind of programs they have there, on online. It's not a subscription thing, is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. So, only eighteen percent of people have heard of the Blaze, though. So that is small yeah. compared with 93% of people that have heard of Fox News, right. 66% of people that have heard of Rush Limbaugh, but, which even that seems yeah. small to Where's me. Where's that other 44%? Yeah, I thought everyone has heard of Rush Limbaugh. Where's that other 34%? Yeah, that's weird. Um, it, it does get me, though, it, it's, it's interesting to me that we're both on the same page, and I hope the audience is on the same page relative to checking your source like if you see a link from think progress go find it from another legitimate news source that's not agenda driven that's why i really i try not to post things from fox news because it's not really reputable right i saw an article today that was from realpharmacy.com and it was farm like a farmer that's farming <laughs> things realpharmacy.com right and it was talking about how flu vaccines are ineffective and talking about this British study. But nowhere in the article does it have a link to the article that they're speaking of, the scientific article. Right, right. Um, they talk about the person's name, but, you know, there's no other information. There's nothing about the sample size. There's nothing about... Nothing sourced. There's nothing. Yeah. And people just read this. First of all, it's from realpharmacy.com with an F. Please don't post that. Right. Well, don't. They don't, obviously have an agenda. Just by their name, they have an agenda. Not even don't post it. Don't go to it. Don't read it. Don't give it credibility. Don't. It's not a good source. Well, and that's what freaks me out. It's high, high times, by the way, audience. Not a legitimate source. Mother. What is it? Mother New. Mother. Mother Jones. Mother Jones. Not legitimate. Right. And it's funny because we've talked about it many times. I lean to the left. But I do not trust those sources, Mother Jones. Right. Think progress. I don't trust those sources because I've I've come across m numerous articles that have been reported on studies completely inaccurately, and so it turns me off. Right. You know, which by the way, Time has done the same thing. So now I'm very cautious of Time. Well, Time Magazine employs Fareed Zakaria. So what are you going to do? Right. So the Pew study <laughs> notes that liberals overall trust a much larger mix of news outlets than others do. And of the 36 different outlets considered, 28 are more trusted than distrusted by consistent liberals. So they overwhelmingly trust, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And by contrast, among conservatives, there are 24 sources that draw more distrust than trust. So conservatives are a little more picky. Yeah, I think picky it fits. They're more weary of the news that they choose. And this article notes that the widespread distrust of the media that you see there is one of the factors behind the so-called conservative echo chamber. Right. Well, we'll definitely post this to the Facebook page because it's super interesting to kind of just scroll through and see what some of the results were and what the findings were. Very interesting. And if people don't know what the echo chamber means, I'm sure everybody does, but that just means you're surrounding yourself by those who echo back your beliefs right. and reinforce what you believe and, and make you more strong in those beliefs rather than making you check yourself. It, right. Not objective. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to end it there. That is uh, what a great show.
Right? Am I right? Yeah, except for that except for that ISIL game. Yeah, that was terrible. We're never doing that again. We're never doing it again, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> DailyDot.com, you screwed us over. Oh, what a bone. Listen, I say it every episode. We love you very much for listening. Those of you who are loyal, every episode listeners, we love you just a little bit more. Go drop by the website. Subscribe on iTunes. Go rate and review the show because that's what real loyal listeners do. And we need to counteract that three-star review. So thanks for listening, everybody. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been episode 66 of I Doubt It. With so many morons.